0: When you think of the rolling vistas of the alpine regions of the northeastern United States, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it snakes? Probably not. Because if a snake wants to survive out here, it better develop some amazing tricks to take the cold. But if you're not an animal with a unique ability, you're just not going to make it in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe.
1: And I am Carlos.
0: And today we're going to be talking about an animal. Did you know that? Did you prepare for
1: an animal? My notes say otherwise.
0: Oh, no. Well, you might not think it's an animal based on the name. Rubber boa.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a rubber snake that you throw at someone. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're a jerk.
0: Yeah, well, it's not. It's real. You're even worse, a jerk. Now you're being mean to two things: an animal <laughs> that, that you're
1: throwing, and you're throwing a real snake at someone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but maybe not so bad, you know, given the good nature of this snake. We'll find more about that.
1: There are worse snakes to th- to be thrown.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. At least two <laughs> that I can think of right now.
1: I've, I I I could think of four, but if whatever. you
0: can throw like a. Uh, like a full? like Anaconda? Yeah. That kind of.
1: <laughs> or a king cobra? <laughs> <laughs> or a coral snake? Coral snakes are small.
0: Yeah, that's easy to throw. You can yeah. launch that. You can get one of those three-man um, slingshots that you use to slingshot water balloons. You could thirty, three hundred 300 yards.
1: And it'll just splat <laughs> onto someone and irritate them and probably give them a nasty sting. A but bruise. The Other than that, they'll be okay. Yeah. Probably want to lob it. Don't throw animals. Like a softball pitch?
0: Is there ever a good situation to throw an animal um, out of a burning building?
1: Yes. Also, if it's the road to El Dorado and you need to use an, oh, ar- right. an armadillo to win the game so you're not sacrificed, Yeah, that helps. That's true. In whatever that Aztec hoop game where the winners were sacrificed and the losers were executed. Lose-lose,
0: <laughs> in my mind. Um, anyway, we're, we're back to snakes. <laughs> Speaking of snakes... Speaking of snakes, do you want to hit us up with some taxonomy?
1: Yes, I do. Because that's this podcast. Yeah. So the rubber boa starts with a very interesting kingdom. I think you've heard of it. Animalia.
0: Oh! I'm gonna just redline the podcast.
1: Hold your applause till after I'm done. <laughs> okay. The phylum is Chordata. This thing has a long, long spine. Mm-hmm. The class is Reptilia. Our second reptile on this show. First snake. Yep. Um, the order, just like our other reptile, is Squamata. Okay. Just the uh, the the blood shooting lizard. Yeah. The horned lizard, horned lizard, yeah, yeah, horned toad. Um, suborder I included, which we don't usually include suborders, but it's Serpentes. I couldn't not add in Serpentes <laughs> into its uh, tax taxonomical breakdown. the f- The family is boa day. Uh,
0: boa day keeps the doctor away.
1: Yeah, I was going to say David Bowie, Davy Boa day, <laughs> Davy <laughs> Bowie day, Davy day. <laughs> Davy Bowie. <laughs> okay. Um, the genus is Cherina or Carina, however you want to pronounce a CH in Latin at, preceding an A. Um, and then the species is Botte. B O T T A E, Bate, Named after an Italian um, ship's surgeon. Ship surgeon? Say, say that a bunch of times. Sorry. Ship
0: surgeon, ship surgeon, <laughs> ship surgeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the um, the the binomial nomenclature is uh, Chirina batae, or the rubber boa. Yeah. That's you two?
0: No, I have the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can confirm. Um, coolio, what's some stuff?
1: All right. So you,
0: you are who this time?
1: I am General Info. Okay. Okay, so it's one of only two species of boa that are endemic to the United States. Um, the other one is the rosy boa. It's very photogenic. Very, Rosie Boa. Very rosy. I like
0: that. <laughs> that's, a, that's like a cellar door situation. Yeah,
1: Rosie Boa. It's nice to say. <laughs> Put some vocal for on name. That.
0: my first daughter Rosie Boa.
1: <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the rubber boa lives in western parts of the United States, northwestern parts. There's a southern rubber boa, and there's a little bit of um infighting some strife in the taxonomical community on whether or not it should be considered a subspecies or the same or or no a completely different species oh it is definitely different because of what we're going to talk about when it comes to cold weather okay um because obviously living in southern california isn't as much of a problem as living in northern washington or uh british columbia but mostly, the rubber boa we're talking about is going. It lives up in the northwest, sometimes all the way over to Man- Montana. So if we, I want to paint a picture for you of the rubber boa, picture a uh, well, well, a pile of poop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's fair.
1: It's like it's poop brown, sometimes olive green, <laughs> but it's super shiny. It's it's, then chrome poop. <laughs> <laughs> but it. it and the, we'll talk about like its defense mechanism, the fact that it likes to ball up, um, but that helps. It look like you have know, the poop emoji. Um, <laughs> and so, like I said, it's, it's like light brown, um, olive green, drab colors. Um, it's very, it doesn't, it's scales aren't well-defined. They're They're small very small. And yeah. they're very smooth. So it looks really smooth. Yeah. So it kind of just looks like it was squeezed out.
0: Most people would say that
1: it looks like rubber. <laughs> it's not the poop boa no it's not the fecal boa. It's... <laughs> it's not the smelly serpent
0: all the kids are just giggling their heads off right sure now.
1: this is for the kids this is for <laughs> you kids but yeah it has kind of like a loose skin and like i said small scales that are pretty close to its body so it gives it a rubbery appearance um its head is about the same width as the rest of its body where you you usually imagine a snake having a much wider head, like a viper mm-hmm. or a cobra, this is not. So it's kind of just ends, and that's the snake's head. And its tail is the same, has the same sitch going on, rounded. Yeah. So uh, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to tail, to tail. Oh, oh no, that was that was a Freudian slip of the highest taxonomical order. <laughs> <laughs> it can be difficult to tail between the head and and the tail. So I think it's about time uh for, for
0: The listener's favorite segment of the show?
1: I would assume because nobody's told us, but yes.
0: <laughs> I've heard some people say that they like it.
1: Really? That's nice. All right, so some listener's favorite section of the show, measure up. Yeah. I'll just let you take it because I think you have different measurements than I do. So I you usually
0: get the range. Well, what's, give us the range. That's actually both. It's helpful to know both.
1: Okay, so they're relatively small snakes. No. Yeah. Between one and a quarter feet. And between two and three quarters feet. <laughs> okay. That's so, a really awkward way of saying that, but that's between 38 and 84 centimeters.
0: Okay. So I did an average, I think of that. I think I had a, the same range as you and I did an average of it in the 61 centimeters. But you know, it's hard to imagine 61 centimeters. Sure. So let me give you something to just help you imagine how long this snake is. It's about 30% the height of Andre the Giant from tail to, to face. There's a new Andre the Giant documentary on Netflix. Yeah, if you wanted to watch that and just imagine,
1: just when you see his, when you see him, when the camera shows his full body, right. just imagine it coming up to like what his middle thigh. Yeah, sure. So
0: that's three more snakes, and then a little bit more snake, and you get
1: to his fro.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you have for
1: weight? Uh, For weight, I had 80 grams for males.
0: For males. Males are a little bit smaller. Uh, uh, Significantly smaller. Well,
1: significantly lighter. Yeah. Because females don't get to be that much longer, but they do get to be more than twice as heavy. They get up to 200 grams. Because they're they're beefy. Yeah. Uh,
0: So I average that around 140 grams. Or, you know, in a more relatable term, uh, half the weight of a human heart.
1: Let's see. I'm just a... I'm just imagining my daily routine, right? Of course, um, holding a human heart, kind of just like bouncing up around and down. breakfast time. No, I, I usually That's later in the day? I usually save my heart holding for like just before lunch. Oh wow! So it, just to tide you over. So it holds me over, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I can definitely, I can definitely picture this. I'm very good at dividing things that I usually hold in half and imagining that.
0: Well, if you were holding three of them, th- three halves of a human heart, or three rubber boas it would be about the weight of a football
1: so three halves of a human heart which a heart and a half is yeah. a football <laughs>
0: yeah that, that you'd think the heart would be heavier right
1: this sounds like a poem it... a heart and a half is a football <laughs> and it's about some kids struggle through getting from high school to college ball
0: that sounds like a poem that a retired nfl football player would try to write <laughs>
1: Hey, are you saying that NFL, ex-NFL players can't be good poets?
0: No, but I am saying that if they were to write a poem, it would be about football.
1: It, it would be called a heart and a half <laughs> is a fo- ways of football, or whatever I said before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm saying. That's pretty good. All right, so that's, that's, that's relatable terms. So, now you know exactly the weight and the size of this animal.
1: Okay, I wish we had girth. I couldn't find anything for girth. It's girth changes as a lot of snakes do, yeah. like they become wider or it's but it's not it's not super significant, but still. All right, so let's talk about its behavior. Let's do that. Should we talk about how docile they are?
0: Yeah, why not?
1: All right. Well, as we, as we hinted earlier, these snakes very rarely attack anything that's not prey.
0: They're very kind.
1: They're very kind, also very cowardly. <laughs> Huh? They don't do well when they're when they're uh, attacked.
0: So I saw one thing where, like, if you walked up to one and fi- if you found one, which is difficult, um,
1: because it looks like poop, you think you're about to step in poop and it turns out just to be a snake.
0: No, it's just that they're super, super duper sneaky. So they're hard to find. They're, they're like, I saw one thing that they live in Idaho and there's lots of them there. Mm-hmm. But Idaho a- ends.
1: Idahoans, Idahoans. That sounds like a good demonym.
0: I, Ida Hoitz.
1: No, call I, them Hoosiers. I, Ida Hees. Just call them Hoosiers. Everybody, <laughs> everybody north of the Nathan, of the Mason-Dixon line is a Hoosier.
0: Okay, I thought that was just
1: Indiana. I want to say that again. Anyone north <laughs> of the of the Mason-Dixon line is a Hoosier.
0: <laughs> okay, so they they just don't even know about them. They wouldn't if you said, "Hey, have you seen a rubber boa?" They'd be like, "A what?" And then like you know the snake that lives in your state. And they'd be like, no, no, I've never seen <laughs> You'd be one. like,
1: oh, that snake. And you'd point to it because it's right there because there's that many. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, I've, I've literally never seen that snake before.
0: Um, so if you were an Ida Hees and you walked up to one of these snakes, picked it up, it would just be like, hey, fine, I'm down. I'm you just going to
1: gently curl around your hand.
0: They curl around their hand. You know why? Because it's nice. It's a nice and warm hand. They just snuggle up to your hand. They're like, hey, thanks. Thanks for the, the extra heat.
1: I needed that. Yeah. I needed to pick me up, literally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you really got yourself on that one.
1: <laughs> Tough the to <come>. cup. <laughs> okay, so these guys are non aggressive. Mhm. Which uh, in usually in the animal world is, you either need to be aggressive or you need to be fast. Yep. Because or
0: a little bit of both. There's
1: fight or, fight or flight, and there, I've never heard of the third one, which is to wrap gently around your hand.
0: Actually, there is a third one, and we're gonna talk about it. It's this one.
1: It's to it's to freeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which it's... is what reptiles are really good at doing is completely freezing,
0: not like. Oh, you mean like staying like still? Be- becoming still, yeah. so
1: that you know the like a a hawk can't see you or something right. like that. But even but the problem is like a lot of reptiles predators are. Mammals, that, in their sight, does not depend on motion. Yeah. They could, they could just see you.
0: I mean, it's it's always easier to see something that's moving. True. Especially if you're camouflaged. So, being still is helpful. They're
1: like, is that poop? Oh, it's moving. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to eat it. There's something in gonna, that poop. I was going to eat it anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am as I am a dog.
1: <laughs> they don't strike when defending, but they will strike when feeding because they have Obviously, to, yeah, um, but they don't chase prey, nope, they're ambush predators um, and they definitely like to eat prey that's not going to move away from them very quickly, yes, aka the young of a lot of different species of animals and eggs, so they like to eat like little mice, shrews, lizards, birds, even bats, whatever they can get their hands on. <laughs>
0: Their face what, on? What,
1: yeah, sure. Whatever they can unhinge their jaw around, although their jaws don't unhinge.
0: So they got to eat small things.
1: No, they have to eat things that are not going to attack them and also things that are not going to run away from them.
0: No, I mean, if they if they can't unhinge, then they have to eat something well, no, snakes, small. Well, no,
1: snakes' jaws don't unhinge. They're attached by a tendon, so they're, it's not like they have to unhinge their jaw. It just stretches.
0: But, like, our bones don't separate when we... U- open our mouths and theirs do
1: yeah but theirs is always separated it's connected by it, oh it's not hinged it's connected by a floating tendon
0: so it's just a misnomer
1: yeah and also the middle of their chin is not one bone it spreads apart gross. so so imagine like harvey dent the his like the middle of his butt chin kind of just like spreading apart because that's also connected by um a tendon instead of a bone
0: gross and awesome.
1: That's what allows them to eat full-on eggs. <laughs> and I saw a thing where it was like, if it if it finds a, a rodent nest or something, it'll eat all... This is pretty sad. It'll eat all the young, and the mother will try to obviously stop it, but it'll have the rubber's boa will use its tail that looks like its face and kind of like do false strikes uh-huh. to make it seem like it's striking at the, the mother who will like back away, but really it's like... It's just gonna hit you. It's not gonna actually bite you, and so a lot of the times, rubber uh, rubber uh, robber barons <laughs> will have <laughs> will have uh, uh, a lot of scratch marks on their tails because they were using them to defend against yeah. um, the a mother. Uh, almost anything that is carnivorous eats these snakes. We'll talk about how they avoid predators. Um, but also they give live birth to mm. about nine baby snakes a year.
0: That's not super atypical for snakes, No, right? it's
1: not. It's like the sharks also sometimes give live birth. It's like they they, they have, have the eggs egg. on the inside. Yeah, egg. yeah. Yeah. So it's still an egg based thing. I guess they're all I guess we all are. I guess we all, guess we all are egg based life but we don't incubate inside of the egg like snakes do. And right. sharks. All right. So that's all I've got for general info. If we wanna go back to like snake movement, I'm your man.
0: Okie doke. So now it's time for the major fact. So reptiles, as you know, tend to seek out warmer temperatures. They're cold-blooded animals, and warmer temperatures allow them to regulate their body temperature based on weather Mm -hmm. um, a little easier, or rather climate. Snakes, in particular, rely on warm temperatures for movement. Um, So the warmer a snake is around 82 to 91 degrees that's their optimal speed that they're able to move quickly okay in that temperature range they can move at full speed they can hunt they can avoid predators they can run you know fight or flight they can fight things that they're trying to kill and catch things that they're trying to eat Mm -hmm. um so that's where they want to be in that 80 to 90 range um it's
1: really specific
0: yeah, I mean, they can survive in other ranges, um, but they just go slower. I, le- I read a lot of uh, research by a guy, a researcher named Michael E. Dorcas um, on ReptileMagazine.com. So if you want to learn more, you can check that out. Um,
1: Thanks, Mr. Dorcas.
0: So snakes need the speed boost to hunt and avoid predators, right? That heat speed boost. But rubber boas live in the northwestern alpine regions, right? So that's pretty dang cold normally. Uh, it's either it's temperate to pretty dang cold in the winter mm-hmm. um, and in the fall and at night. No problem, right? You just hunt at noon when the sun's out. Uh, it's warm the ground for all morning. Um, that's what I do. But they don't do that. They the hunt at night. Snakes are so dumb. They hunt at night. So this researcher, Mr. Dorcas, perhaps Dr. Dorcas, I'm not sure. Mike Dorcas. Mike Dorcas. Mikey Dorcas. <laughs> His middle name is Starts of the Knee. E yes. <laughs> uh, he he's like, Well maybe they are, you know, adapted differently. They go fast at night somehow. Nope. They are moving at one third their normal speed at night. So in the in the day they can move at full speed and at night they're going one third that speed. So they're pretty slow, right? At nighttime, when the temperature dramatically decreases their body temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if for all intents and purposes, they're a normal snake, uh, except for they, they choose to hunt at night. So, there's two problems with that. Escaping enemies and catching prey. You're moving slowly. You can't crawl. Your crawl speed is slow, so you can't escape an enemy. And how are you going to catch a prey, catch an animal if you are slow?
1: Your speed has literally slowed to a crawl.
0: Yeah. First of all, hunting at night means that they don't have to deal with diurnal predators. You Day, know what that means?
1: Daytime predators? Yeah.
0: It means things that are... It's the opposite of nocturnal.
1: Like hawks and stuff.
0: Yeah. It's funny how like you never hear that
1: word. Because it's not interesting to us because we're diurnal. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. So... we're nocturnal, we're nocturnal by choice.
0: So hawks and like badgers and a lot of mammals that are not nocturnal, they, they pretty much... Avoid,
1: yeah. Except for like wolves and stuff like that,
0: right? And owls. Yeah, they live at night. They live at night. Um,
1: <laughs> they're dead during the day, all of them.
0: Second, they have a strange defense mechanism that you started to talk about. So if you come across most snakes, they and try to touch them, you know, they're gonna bite you, but not them. Um, same thing when predators come across them, they're not. They don't fight and they don't run.
1: We also need to say that these snakes are non-venomous. Yeah. So I don't As think we said that yet. As most constrictors are. Right. These and so they don't. Not, venomous. Even if they if it bit you, it would hurt.
0: It would hurt, but it wouldn't
1: poison you. Right. Venom. You. It wouldn't venom you. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be venomed.
0: Uh, it wouldn't be venom, because the robber boa boa don't run, and don't fight. When attacked, they have to do something else. So like you said, that they they curl up in this little ball, and they put their head on the inside of this ball. And what do you think's on the outside? Their tail. Their, their tail? Yeah. <laughs> so they they just like when they're hunting um, and they're raiding these nests and using their head, head tail to fake out moms, mm-hmm. um, they're doing that to predators. So they come across this snake ball, and they're like, I'm going to just bite this head, and it'll be all done for. Not true. It's just the tail. Um, but then you're like, well, dang it. It's its tail is bitten. What's it going to do now? It's screwed, right? Eventually it'll be overpowered, right? No. It releases a spray like a skunk. A nasty, musky, bad flavor spray. Um, that makes it not appetizing to eat. You mean you wouldn't expect that from like wolves and stuff? Because dogs eat poop and that's gross?
1: But we have the same thing with the um, horned lizard. With the blood it spits out is from its eyeballs. Yeah, is not appetizing. Right. Because it eats like ants. Yeah. Spe- specific kind of ants.
0: It's designed specifically to be gross for right. most things that would want to eat it. Um, so hunting at night, they're hunting really slowly. Um, and the reason that this is helpful, um, is that it conserves heat. Mm-hmm. When you those like remember when we were talking about the um greenland shark they move super slowly yeah um they're also a a cold-blooded creature but they move slowly they conserve as much heat as possible um so that's allows them to like be able to withstand being out at night
1: i wonder if the rubber if the robber baron can live for 350 years or whatever Mm, probably probably not. not
0: so like you said they're ambush predators So they don't need to be fast, right? They lie in wait and then strike when something comes by. But they're also super good at raiding nests because they move so slowly and they've got those smooth scales and very fine scales. So they move and glide pretty quietly um, into dens and things and nests. If all is said and done and they're just too dang slow to catch a meal that night, it's no big deal. Because they can go up to maybe 18 months without eating.
1: Jeez. So the mis- if they've had a big meal? yeah, beforehand.
0: The Mikey Dorcas he he clocked or measured one pregnant female go an entire year without eating.
1: I feel like it needs to eat for its chillins.
0: Apparently not. Apparently it's very um, its metabolism is super duper. Slow. Yeah. (laughs) And just uh, efficient is what I was going to say. Well,
1: most snakes can go for a long time without eating because they'll eat like five times their body weight in one sitting. Yeah. And then just digest that for the rest of the year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how it conserves heat. That's how it lives in those those regions, even though it's a slowsman.
1: So it kind of manually changes its body temperature.
0: Well, kind of. All cold-blooded things do that.
1: Well, can it can it do it without using the sun to warm it up, or can it just be like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna be colder now?
0: No, it drops to like forty degrees, fifty forty to fifty degrees body temperature when it's at night. Okay. So it's for all intents of per and purposes, this is a behavioral modification more than it is a, a biological one. If you want to learn more about that, listen to the Species podcast about pikas or pika's because he talks about behavioral modifications to conserve heat or, in their case, cool down. So behavioral modifications take a lot less time than biological ones when it ter- comes to adaptation. Mm-hmm. So you can you can learn to do something differently that will help you survive way faster than your body
1: changes. Oh, okay. And these guys also hibernate, don't they? Yeah. Um, Is that weird for a snake? Yeah
0: uh most snakes are really inactive during the winter in colder regions but these guys full-on hibernate
1: that's crazy i I guess you can just like eat a whole shrew and then go hibernate yeah with your shrew that's true yeah but that is shrew
0: that's true that's true
1: (laughs) (laughs) so is that all you got yeah that's all i got uh do you want to talk for the next 15 minutes about how snakes move Probably not. Probably not. We'll talk about that on some other episode where we talk about snakes. In the meantime, curl up into a ball, stick out your tail, and beg for mercy because that's not going to cut it in life, (laughs) death, and taxonomy. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Well... I thought Planet of the Apes was. (gasps) What are you doing? Oh, hey, Joe. Turns out the orangutan isn't scary at all. He's one of those primates that can do sign language. His name is Vespasian.
0: Okay. Um, so what is he saying now? Aw, he wants to know how he can support our show. Well, that's easy. All he needs to do is subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app and leave a review.
1: Why are you speaking like he's not in the room? He's right here. Yes, I know Vespasian. That was rude, wasn't it? Wait, why are you mad at me? No, what are you doing? He's angry! Run, Joe! Oh no!
0: This podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit BrainTrustBros.com.